0: Good morning, Tom. Good morning.
1: Uh, it's been a while. I
0: mean, yeah, it has been a while. Once again, we've let it become a little bit of a while because we've both been.
1: It's it's we're we're recording on random weekday mornings. We're doing our best here. Yeah, that's right. I think the maybe the main variable is that we don't we only record in person. Yes, it's a good point. So if we were to record remotely, you would probably
0: be much more consistent. We could do it more frequently. Yeah. yeah. So far. If there's one thing that this podcast is committed to, it's high audio fidelity. Oh, yeah. <laughs> as, as
1: as you can tell us there.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I guess that's been my objection anyway to the idea of us mm-hmm. recording remotely is mm-hmm. a, a fear that we wouldn't use our podcast mics and we would just use our laptop mics or whatever. And mm-hmm. then we would, I, I just think listening to a Zoom call for an hour never hits the ears all that
1: well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's something you can tell that it's a Zoom call. Okay. Framing up today's reading, we've got some medical issues.
0: Yeah, totally. So this is, I think, actually, one of the reasons it's been a delay is that we had a a record scheduled and then you had a little bit of an accident that caused us to have to postpone our our last recording. I fell in the shower. (laughs) That's like you're 80 years (laughs) old. I fell in the shower
1: and I hit my hand against some exposed ceramic and cut it. And that's all fine. And it's been a while, actually, since I had like cuts and had to go to the ER. And so it was all uh, felt a little bit like reliving childhood, except this time a very nice nurse explained to me in a calm fashion that I'm the way I I think she was just trying to do the right thing. But the way she phrased it was, listen, it cut part of your tendon. And because it's in the shower, there's probably there's a lot of bacteria in the shower that and now and because it's cut the tendon. That part of bacterial infection there is extremely dangerous. And you, you're you going to have that. Based on what you've told me, Paul, Yeah. based on the fact that it's hard to move my finger and whatever, you have an infection in your tendon and it's extremely dangerous. And you're going to have to spend three days in the hospital with an IV drip of Jesus. antibiotics or else you'll go septic and die. Oh, my. That, that was her very... She was just trying to do the
0: best thing for me. Wow, very matter of fact. Yeah, yeah. We don't have to get too into the weeds on this medically, but she thought that you had an infection already. This was only hours after it had happened.
1: Sorry, this was, I went to the ER, I got stitched up, and the next day I was like, this still hurts. And I went to this other lady and she uh, explained to me that I was going to die.
0: Okay. And (laughs) how did that feel?
1: And it was scary, Tom. totally. I was
0: scared. I would be freaking out I was scared
1: because she was people, you're in that position where they have all this authority. Yeah. And you can't really. Argue. You can't really argue. You're not really in a position to be like, nah. Yeah, you're a kid. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I guess nothing else in the world mattered to me at that point, right? Yeah. There was that kind of, I think that's one framing that we can look at this from. Mm. It was like, my job right now is to not become septic and die. Yeah, totally. So Uh, sign me up for three days in the hospital. Sign me up for three days in the hospital. Yeah. And I think it's also maybe a historically uh, relevant example because all these emperors, you'll read their biographies, mm-hmm. and it'll be like, "Oh, incredible emperor, fought all these battles, won all these things, and then like at some point, fell off their horse and died." Yes, and got an infection. And was like, yeah. like slice scratch on the ankle. Grape died. <laughs> Stretched his side real bad, and now he's dead. Just like staff infection did. Yeah. So I do think that the it's interesting that stuff like this just killed people yeah all the time like it, the a bacterial infection was just the end yeah totally. uh, and not anymore yeah so anyway so I, i'm my story ended up being super melodramatic and okay. you did not get sepsis and die. yeah I, I didn't everything was fine i
0: i took some antibiotics and and i'm, I'm good now you're fine okay I'm fine. good boy that plays out much better than yeah. the nurse makes it sounds
1: good going to yeah. yeah but it was scary and my whole world was like turned upside down for whatever six hours yeah and that was interesting
0: yeah totally interesting okay so i had i would say a slightly less dramatic version but also a sort of encounter with our mortal bodies and their limitations mm-hmm. this past weekend which is here's my hot tip to listeners my hot tip of the week which is a segment i'm going to be doing from now on, <laughs> on this podcast the hot tip is that if you are in downtown Denver. And you're seeking a business lunch on a Friday from your work, your co-working space, or whatever. Do not go to Snarf's sandwiches in Snarf's. town. Uh, town
1: I would not have done that
0: because <laughs> I, I did go to Snarf's and I <laughs> got horrific food poisoning, uh and it sucked. On on wow. uh, Friday night of last week, I was up all night remembering what it was like to throw up, and which I haven't done in years. And yeah. all the. Gross stuff that goes along with having really acute food poisoning, and yeah. I, the other thing that I was reminded of that I'm very lucky to be young and healthy and not have to deal yeah. with this, but what it's just like to be in really serious physical pain for a couple of hours, yeah, how much that sucks, yeah, which I just had it, lucky me, hadn't experienced that for a while, mm-hmm. and it was eye opening to be like, oh, holy crap, it is possible mm-hmm. to really just want something to be over and and not. Be able to think about anything else sucks. Yeah. socks which i think is a yeah to your point about historical examples is also something that was maybe more present for instance in marcus's life than it is in ours we are yep. we live nice anesthetized lives for the most part yeah 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 i guess i'm curious i'll be looking for references to pain and suffering and that kind of stuff in marcus's text yeah. which i think mostly for him might come in the form of Talking about not worrying too much about those things.
1: And I guess the point being that like you didn't, there was nothing you did that you didn't choose this. You didn't bring this upon yourself, right? There wasn't this sense of you, you were eating a risky sub.
0: Like yes, that, that certainly yeah. didn't cross my mind while I was doing it. No. Yeah.
1: So it, so it uh, does feel like nature with the capital N being random and cruel.
0: Yep. Yep. Totally. Yes. Yeah. I
1: also wasn't being risky in the shower, although. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay. yeah I say yeah, so I guess yeah, maybe a theme of also just random bad stuff happens, and then how do you respond to that random bad stuff? yeah, uh, in both of our cases, it was just by tolerating it and then thankfully moving on slightly scarred, but other than that, totally yeah, it's fine
1: yeah, and, and and probably just recognizing that in Marcus's day, random bad stuff being caused by nature of the capital N was just way more common, totally. And we just, we, we need to, let's read today's uh, section, just knowing that this just happens all the time. And the outcome isn't four, five hours of discomfort. It's just death. Yeah. And you yeah. have to square whatever life philosophy you have with that.
0: It really, it makes the case for needing philosophy. Like right? Yeah. You need yeah. maybe more so than we do in our lives, some way to rationalize that or explain it to yourself or right. else I think it would feel, right. I can't even imagine how, what it would feel like. It would be so scary.
1: Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Otherwise you'd go insane. It's like, this is so
0: unfair. Yeah, totally. Cool. Okay. Truthfully, I don't remember exactly which bullet point I know which page we're on, but I think I see one that's close enough to what we're talking about that I'm just going to start with it and then we can, I think we might repeat ourselves slightly, but the one that catches my eye is number seven here in book four, which is choose not to be harmed and you won't feel harmed. Don't feel harmed and you haven't been. Th this, this feels at least a little bit related to what's going on for us.
1: I guess it's fair. I guess there's something to be said for having a victim's mindset around these things or versus just what's random and it's behind me now.
0: Yeah, exactly. And or and put differently, you could also have some anger at the nurse. Ah. Uh, oh no. I could have some anger at the sandwich maker. Uh, <laughs> right. Oh. Skunks, what was the Snarfs. Snarfs, right? Snarfs, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I feel like you should have known better though. So. That is the advice I keep getting. I think it's a it's a very it's a very funny restaurant name which makes the, yeah. the an okay story. Mm, okay. Yeah. I don't know. This reads
1: choose not to be harmed and you won't feel harmed. It feels it feels 80s dad advice like I,
0: it is but it's also insane I think. On some level it is right. possible to be harmed. Sometimes you don't get to choose not to feel harmed. You've just been harmed and there's I, I don't totally agree with this point, I think.
1: I guess I, I think he's, yeah, he does this a lot where he's like overly dramatic in the yeah. writing to get the point across. which I think in this case, the point is probably just don't be vindictive, Don't. be a victim, uh, yeah.
0: Vote. Yeah, or don't play the victim. Yeah, right. yeah. Choose not to be harmed and you won't feel harmed. Yeah. Yes, okay. So, the, but, with but, the, but I agree. The yeah. presupposition that you are in a situation where you can make that choice. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. All right, number eight. It can ruin your life only if it ruins your character. Otherwise, it cannot harm you inside or out. No, I love how relevant these are. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, Tom. <laughs> especially the idea of harming, yeah, you inside or out. I guess you're ruined. you're gonna go
1: on eating subway sandwiches, right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So they they don't, don't yeah.
0: ruin my character. I don't yeah. think. Yeah. Um, That's good. Yeah. Uh, Again, yeah. this feels like the same thing as number seven. What is he talking about? I think he's saying well, his his whole deal is everything you are is your character it's and controllable your, and, your, and the extent to which you, can touch you, you. You control your spirit, yeah. So nothing ruins your life unless it touches that. They can take everything away from sure. you, but if you still have your spirit and your character, then you you your life has not been ruined. Yeah.
1: What exactly is he? I guess he's talking about like just setbacks or people betraying him or things like that. I'm, I'm just, yeah. we ask this question every time because he never gives examples. Yes, <laughs> never gives examples. Yeah.
0: The language of ruin your life is pretty dramatic. Even for him, I think. I don't really remember him using a phrase like that right. before. It's hard not to think about. He's talking about losing your family or being oh. mutilated in battle or something like that.
1: Yeah. I think he's also talking about losing his daughter. Yeah. And he's okay. saying,
0: okay you could let that ruin your yeah. life or you can hang on to your character yeah. and approach the world the same or whatever and then you're not ruined. Yeah. I guess he's just grieving. Yeah. He he seems to be going <laughs> through something because I'm also eyeballing number nine here. It was for the best. So nature had no choice but to do it. All right, and very.
1: Tom, you needed to be thrown out all night. <laughs> It was for Stop. the best. Yeah, there yeah. was no Nature had no choice. Yeah. Hands were tied.
0: Yeah. Uh, this too, I... What did you learn?
1: What did you learn, Tom, from from your food poisoning? That life you should appreciate your regular life more?
0: Yes, I think that's true. And yes, I think it's gratitude for being healthy and not having to deal with this all that often. And also I, I remembered how you throw up. The beginning of this food poisoning, I was like, I know I want to get you know, this thing out of it. But how I do don't, I do this? I don't really remember how to. It took me like an hour. Uh, like, there okay, you go. Maybe that skill will like, come in handy just, soon. So it, it was for the best. Yeah. It'll I'm be like, all about I'm fast need, throwing up. I'm need to vomit something much more important up very quickly. <laughs> good, good. Good. Lucky but, you. But is this, this idea, idea new for him? The idea that nature always guides us towards the best thing? I don't feel like that's something he's said before, that nature's decision. I feel like it's best as a weird always, framing. Yeah, exactly. It's just, I feel,
1: it's just nature has its own plan is usually how he puts it. Yeah, I agree. And though it's beyond our control or yeah. whatever,
0: but this sounds like, no, nature is perfect and always makes the right thing happen. It's much more right. weirdly silver silver lining, basically. Yeah. And very much more God has a plan that's true. thing than I think he, that I'm accustomed to him. Typically. That's
1: true. That's true. This feels Christian. Yeah, yeah
0: that's. Yeah. It, except for the using capital N nature instead of capital sure. G God. Sure. sure. Yeah, I agree. Interesting. I wonder if we'll see him continue to talk about that. Seems like number ten is going to be a similar theme here. Number ten, that every event is the right one. Hmm. Look closely, and <laughs> not just the right one overall, but right italicized, right. italicized, right with lots of emphasis. Whoa. On. As if someone had weighed it out with scales. He's
1: getting real religious.
0: Keep looking closely like that and embody it in your actions. Goodness, what defines a good person. Keep to it in everything you do. Is he having a Christian awakening? Holy cow. Number four.
1: That every event is the right one.
0: I don't even really understand what he means by the italicized right. Not just the right one overall, but right. (laughs) What?
1: He wrote it to himself. He probably knows what he meant. Uh, Yeah, I guess some deeper morality version of rights.
0: And not just the right on average or something where in the long term things happen correctly, but he's saying every individual thing that happens is also as it should happen.
1: This is a very bold statement. Yeah. It's, It's hard to, it must take a lot of work to really think this way. It's a lot easier to just say, I can't control everything and these are the things I can control. And these are the, like, this is him saying, not only can I not control everything, but the things I can't control are all great or all wonderful <laughs> that seems, which is just, it feels like a step beyond what he needed to do. Uh,
0: yeah, totally, totally. Yes. I completely agree. It seems almost at odds with what I think of naive yeah. thinking back to the beginning of this podcast where my concept of what this philosophy was about was wake up after the, every morning and tell yourself, today's the day that horrible things are going to happen to you and people will betray you. Yeah. Which is a philosophy to me that was very much about the world. in this bad stuff happens, And I'm good. And yeah. I need to, yeah. and this philosophy is about how do you weather the bad stuff? And now what he's saying is, yeah, it's at least more complicated. Bad stuff happens, but also that bad stuff, it's good because it's right.
1: Yeah, I, I, it's interesting that he's going down this path I don't feel as strongly about it.
0: I wonder if he's going to change his mind. Yeah. I wonder if he's going (laughs) to stick with this or if he just went through something specific that we can't see because he won't tell us about it. Uh, And then he's going to be like, wait a minute. Yeah. This isn't quite right. He's just having an emo moment where he needs to. Yeah. His daughter
1: dying. It feels hard to put that. That's it's hard to imagine. That's the example he's talking about.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah again we don't know enough history to like, relate those in time to one another yeah um
1: what would make the a fever taking your daughter yeah right italicized right
0: because that turns out to be it changes you as a man and it turns yeah. out to be the thing you needed to, but it's
1: not about you it's your daughter died
0: yeah but yeah well, it's just- and he has broken the world the events of the world down for us before as i recall there's the important stuff that is the stuff that the gods are doing yeah and then there's the random stupid crap that happens and part of his philosophy is about figuring out which is which and which you need to respond to yeah and this feels like he's saying but actually everything is yeah important in some sense because there's a right and wrong thing that could have happened yeah it's interesting. He's changing his mind a little bit. Yeah. Then to be fair, this is not a kind of book where he necessarily has to be philosophically consistent the whole time. He is just.
1: Yep. Yeah. He's not, he's not publishing this in yeah. response
0: to his own. So he's testing out ideas is what this feels like.
1: Sorry. It's does do like the major monotheistic religions believe this, that everything is right. Italicized right? I thought that. I thought that they were just more. Yeah. Everything is. God knows best. Don't worry about it.
0: Uh, yeah, I definitely. Okay, so a, a thing that is tricky about that, I think, that he's yeah. not addressing here is the sort of concept of like free will and the extent to which we make choices. Because you know, a lot of Christianity, for instance, right. might say that humans oh, was destined, yeah, yeah, but also that humans are born with sin, basically, and right. so we make bad decisions because we've been. You know, we have we were born with sin in our hearts or whatever. Okay. And so it's not that everything is right necessarily because sometimes we do stuff that is wrong. Huh. But that, yes, God has a plan or whatever, and he only okay. gives us all challenges to yeah. test our metal or whatever. So it's not literally that everything that ever happened is right and as it should be necessary. But that might
1: also be the level at which Marcus is talking. Yeah. Just some version of a master plan.
0: Yeah, I guess so. So one interesting question of translation is every event is the right one. It depends on what he means by, Mm -hmm. we might be being very literal about event. Mm -hmm. Does that really mean everything? Or does he mean something? Just zooming out. Yeah. Yeah. bigger by event. Okay. Yeah. Huh. All right. Let's see if he starts feeling any better. Number 11, not what your enemy sees and hopes that you will, but what's really there. What? That's not even ascend. Uh, not what your enemy sees and hopes that you will, but what's really there. What enemy? And hopes that you will. I don't even under, you will walk. Not what your enemy sees and hopes that you will.
1: I read that as you will see. I say. Okay, let's take enemy literally. Yeah. Those Built gosh military, darn German barbarians. Adversary, yes, yep. German
0: barbarians. Yep.
1: They want you to see that they're unified and that they're finally going to stand up and push you back.
0: That's what they hope you will
1: see. That's what they hope you will see. But you see what's really there, which is still a, a, a loose grouping of clans. Yeah. Not what you're... Okay, just, just a complete non sequitur, but okay.
0: Yeah. Yes, I agree. It feels like a non sequitur, unless maybe we were meant to read into the connective. yeah, that some of what he's talking about before is related to military, oh boy, battle or something like oh, that. sure. maybe they got ambushed. yeah. every event is the right one. And even though you lost thirty mm-hmm. percent of your men because mm-hmm. you there was a lack of preparedness in your ranks now you it, re- it revealed yeah. to you that one of your lieutenants was not up to the task. And, yeah, and now the your fighting force is more fit,
1: yeah, gosh, it's so abstract.
0: Okay. Tom, do you have an enemy? An enemy? No. You don't have an enemy? Definitely. You
1: need no. an enemy. I feel like it's good to live life with an enemy. It's
0: good to... Okay, that's interesting. Uh, I,
1: I also don't have one. Yeah. I'm looking...
0: I'm on the market. You're in the market for an enemy? I... It might be possible to make one intentionally. It's yeah, It's in my control. Yeah. I stop playing the victim. I can make my own enemy. Yeah. I don't know if my life would be better if I had an enemy. I know, It's such a funny yeah. word, actually. But... Yeah this is crossing cycle or like philosophical boundaries a little bit, but it, that is something that comes up a lot. If you talk to people who are like big into sports psychology, That mm-hmm. like a lot of, at least the way the myths of American sports stories are told, like Michael Jordan, for instance, the greatest basketball player of all time famously was extremely wow. addictive and had all these people. And Kobe Bryant was this way too, where he was like, that guy slighted me. And was able to just oh. hang on to that and use it forever. And lots of people attribute their success wow. to how motivated they were by basically really feeling like they had enemies, even if those people were not genuinely didn't feel the same way about it. Nice. So maybe we should have it. Yeah. So maybe we would be Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant. If, if, if we had we some. Just, if we just had some to enemies. To cultivate yes. the feeling of having enemies in ourselves. Uh, <laughs> I can't imagine being able to do that. though. It feels so at odds in particular in some way, I guess. It's so draining to have,
1: like, a psychologically draining to, have, to think about someone
0: as your enemy. Yeah. Um, and obviously for Marcus, he had literal enemies in the military sense. But also it feels, yeah. like, other than that, he does a lot to explain, like, why you shouldn't worry that much about how other people behave towards you because okay. you're not in control of it. And A, other people are stupid. And yeah. B, it's just... What, however, they behave to you is their own problem.
1: This feels outside of the the beautiful castle in the sky that is Stoicism, which is yeah. This is me. I'm going This is my perfectly manicured inner self, and then everything else is yeah outside of that.
0: What this really feels like to me is he took one bullet point from the Art of War by Sun Tzu <laughs> and put it in his Meditations sure, yeah. or whatever, and then yeah moved on because that's it's much more like that to me yeah than than Marcus Aurelius.
1: Book four is.
0: All yeah, he's like, go, he's going yeah. through something. Remember yeah. that this one also doesn't have a title. <laughs> just, there's no and time. Yeah. Just yeah, he's got yeah, something's going on for him. Let's see if we could keep investigating it. Okay. okay, number twelve. Two kinds of readiness are constantly needed: one, to do only what the logos of authority and law directs, with the good of human beings in mind; and two, to reconsider your position when someone can set you straight or convert you to his. But your conversion should always rest on a conviction that it's right or benefits others, nothing else. Not because it's more appealing or more popular. Okay. Okay. So he's talking about how to make decisions when you're in a position of authority.
1: Yeah. Uh, So option one, stick to principles. Option two, reconsider if you're wrong. If so. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yes. Okay. And yeah, the way you make decision is like this. He's using the, the word logos, the Greek word logos, meaning yeah. like logic, basically, yeah. so like whatever authority and the logic of authority and law dictates. Yeah. Yeah. This, this seems. Hard to argue with. Hard yeah, to argue yeah. with and, and, yeah. and fair and seems like he's a good leader. So. Yeah. Yeah. And he's conscious of the idea that people will come to you with proposals because that, oh, yeah. everyone wants you to do this or here's why popularity. it's so appealing. But he's saying, stick to your guns. It's, it's a very also, it feels a bit, utilitarian or something yeah. to me that it's very yeah. focused on maximizing good for your the the group that you're
1: yeah with the good managing. of human beings in mind. Which human beings? Yeah. <laughs> how right. many yeah. 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 how do you
0: how do you weigh harm yeah levied against one. Yeah. That's fine. He knows. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Lots of moral questions that have are implicitly resolved by that the subtext. very of- <laughs> easy to answer by
1: Mark Marcus has no problem answering yes. these questions.
0: Yes. Oh I really like number thirteen, which I've just read. And and you have a mind question mark? Yes. Why not use it? Isn't that all you want for it to do its job? The, <laughs> who is he asking, is asking it to himself? do himself? <laughs> I think he must be asking himself, right? Uh, you, you, meaning me, have a mind? Yes. Why not use it, you dumbass? Yeah. Isn't that all you want for, for it, to it to do, do its, its job? job? Okay,
1: so logos. So just.
0: Yeah. Isn't that all you want for it to do its job? It's
1: all I want. All I want is for my yeah. mind to do my job. For my it to do, mind it's, to
0: do its job. I don't think I agree with you there. It's, I think I would like part of when I want stuff, it's because there's stuff beyond the scope of my own mind. Unless his mind is telekinetic, Earth can manipulate the world around him. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's. This one's funny. I think like, why not use it is very funny.
1: <laughs> whenever he whenever he does rhetorical questions, it's it's great. It's yeah, old.
0: Yep. totally. I, I I guess I can only read this as he scolding himself for something.
1: Yeah, he he made a decision that's more appealing or more popular, and now he's scolding
0: himself. For yeah, him. totally. This feels like the most yeah self scolding I've ever. Why not use it?
1: We've definitely moved on from. Seven through ten, which was all, like, silver lining. The, the, yes. And now we've moved into how to make decisions. It's interesting. It feels
0: backwards to me. I think if I make a yeah. big mistake, step one is scold yourself, and step two is think about silver linings. And he's done it in the reverse order. Yeah. you know,
1: That's and- true. That's true. Could just be different. Yeah. Different events. Yeah, I guess so.
0: Okay. Number 14. You have functioned as a part of something. You will vanish into what produced you or be restored rather to the logos from which all things spring by being changed. I think Marcus learned the word logos before <laughs> writing this, uh, oh, he, he, re- he really okay. liked it
1: <laughs> or be restored rather. Okay. So there's something like very reminiscent of his earlier stuff about like your body is just flesh and bones and yeah. And so you'll be restored. You can you came from the earth and you will go back to the earth.
0: Yeah. And I think. Literally, and also the sort of like you are a cog in a great machine yeah. of the world and the gods and the and everything. And he's saying that everything
1: springs from logos.
0: Yes, yeah, so I'm. That's that's what that word in that place doesn't really track for me, which it, is why it I'm just feel accus- like a new word. <laughs> yeah, why, why I'm <laughs> accusing him of having just learned it and he's being excited about it. Yeah, I d- to the logos. I mean to the okay by being. I guess he just means like. Logos, meaning more like laws and rules. There is a set of laws and rules that govern the world, and they are, in some sense, the place from which all things spring.
1: Yeah. By being
0: changed? changed? Boy. I I think he's saying you will be restored by being changed. Okay. But yes, the sentence fragments make it a little bit tough to follow here. Uh, But yes, I think he's saying, you know, you will be changed because that's what life involves. And that—that that is how you will be restored to the thing that produced you. Yeah. So he's back to, to grappling with mortality.
1: All right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. Sounds good. Number 15, many lumps of incense on the same altar. One crumbles now, one later, but it makes no difference. Love it when he gives us a physical. That's object. specific. Yeah. Lumps of incense. It's just that way. My 8 a.m. alarm. Good morning, listeners. Good morning. Uh, I think of incense as coming in sticks, but I'm learning that back in the day, it, it was just a lump, and then of- you light the top of the lump. That seems very strange. And then it would crumble. I guess so. I guess over time, yeah. Okay. Ashes. That okay. Makes sense. He's being, he's just talking about mortality here, right? That Yeah, I one think crumbles so. now, one later, but it makes yeah. no difference. Where humans are like that too.
1: I wish I knew. Okay. I don't know if anyone knows this, but I wish I basically knew how many of these little bullets he wrote per day.
0: Yes, me too.
1: Yeah. And then if I just had the historian's best assumptions of the events that were happening alongside the entries. That would be fun.
0: Ah, because. Yeah, it's an interesting question whether or not anyone could know the end. (laughs) Yeah, probably not. You could
1: probably do like forensics on the ink or whatever of the original text i don't even know if we have the Do original we, I was about text to say, I that's wonder, a
0: good point i wonder yeah. where the original text is. yeah we probably don't have it. yeah I, mean, I wonder if you based on what we know of marcus's life yeah we could probably map sure this the whole collection anyway to, sure. to some events sure. but i imagine entry by entry mappings to events would probably be pretty hard at this point yeah
1: yeah okay
0: so yeah. 15 mortality yeah He's, he's talking, everyone crumbles at some point, 14 and 15 both seem like he's back to, yeah, we, yeah, you're going back to your creator at some point. Yeah. It doesn't matter when 16 looks fun. Yeah. 16. I'm excited about too, for several reasons. Now they see you as a beast, a monkey, <laughs> but in a week they'll think you're a God. If you just rediscover your beliefs and honor the logos.
1: Okay. I like that. Yeah. So you do the right thing and people will come around. But I love the specific example of see <laughs> you as a beast. I don't think of a monkey as a beast, but I guess it just yeah. means an animal.
0: Uh, I, yeah, I think he yeah. means non-human kind of by yeah. beast. Uh, he's I, I can't. I so don't but, respect you now. I I can't help but notice he's really hammering the word logos. <laughs> <laughs> really, really excited. <laughs> it's, about It's
1: it. italicized every time he uses it. <laughs> yeah.
0: I think it's italicized because it's not in English. it's italicized hard uh, text because I it's see. like a. That's a fair. non-English word.
1: The word "right" was
0: italicized. That's know. yeah. That's confusing and true. Yeah. I I don't think it's because there's emphasis on logos every time. It's I think it's okay. because you're reading a foreign word. Okay. Um, but in a week, they'll think you're a god if you, you rediscover, rediscover your, your beliefs. beliefs and honor the logos. Yeah. Yeah. So stick to your guns, and over the long run, people will respect you or understand.
1: It's funny because this kind of statement does contradict all his stuff about it. Doesn't matter what other people think. Yeah. like. Clearly, he matter. He like thinks it matters what what they think yeah uh like he's his statement is not listen some people will never get it but the, that's not the point his statement is they'll come around like yeah. the masses yeah. will love just me later yeah well,
0: yeah it's you, as if he is optimizing
1: messes. like popularity it's just he's trying to find a tactic to better optimize it
0: yeah okay so that's this feels like a sort of theme we're picking up on in the text today is more so than i remember in the past he's changing his mind about or he's at least He's being pretty, inconsistent. Pretty prone to contradict yeah. himself. himself. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in a way that I think maybe should throw some light on, oh, are we not? oh I think post-timer maybe. Yes, okay. We had a little technical challenge there. We are back with number 16 in book four, which says, now they see you as a beast, a monkey, but in a week they'll think you're a god if you rediscover your beliefs and honor the Logos. So we enjoy that he, a beast and a monkey, we, whenever he invokes animals, I'm always Love it. happy. Yep. Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and essentially, he's just saying, stick to your guns and they'll come around.
0: Yeah. Which, which is a little bit at odds with this thing that so often he says, don't worry about what other people think. Right. Make the right decisions based on your own assessment of the world or whatever. And now he, he seems to really care. He, he does seem to really
1: care. Yeah. So, I mean... What other people think? Uh, this is the constant tension. He, he makes these really bold statements about we're all flesh and bones. Like, doesn't matter what other people think. Like, yeah. if it doesn't, if you don't acknowledge, it can't hurt you. And then he says stuff that clearly indicates that he doesn't actually follow those statements. Yeah. And this is one of them.
0: Yeah. I guess that makes the text more interesting to me yeah, and not he's,
1: a, less. he's a dude. He's not just a philosopher. He's like a, a guy with some.
0: Yeah. And this text is not well, a this- textbook. It's a journey for him, right. too. So, right. yeah, it's, okay, wait a minute. Maybe I was wrong about the thing before. I do care what people think. Yeah. I need to, and I really- but the best way to It really hurt that. me when they called me a monkey. <laughs> so uh, let me think about how I'm going to not have that happen anymore. Okay, and I can't help but notice he has used the word logos again in this entry, which really makes me think new favorite word' got a new favorite word.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. Number 17. Not to live as if you had endless years ahead of you. Death overshadows you while you're alive and able be good. There's a very poetic way of saying what I was thinking about as I was vomiting with food poisoning. Uh, sip, sip. I think that's yeah. pretty consistent yeah. with the mortality experiences. This because is
1: poetic. This exactly is actually really like nice. This. Yeah, I agree. I death think. overshadows death you. That. I love that. Yeah, that's lovely. Uh, yeah.
0: I agree. Whew. Yeah.
1: It's like you're constantly living in the shadow of yeah, death.
0: We're, yeah. we're just sprinting ahead of a shadow. That's always encroaching on yeah. us or whatever. Yeah. Yep. While you're alive and able, be good. Hard to argue with that. No. As a Death philosophy. overshadows you. Yes. Uh, if you had died from food poisoning, yeah, I guess you lived a pretty good I mean, life,
1: right. I don't think I would
0: have a lot of regrets about yeah. the choice aside from the sandwich, I guess I would <laughs> <laughs> for, for I yes, that, that would be a regret, yeah, uh,
1: I think you have a lot to be proud of, obviously, nice. I would have loved you would have loved to live
0: past yeah past that one sandwich, sandwich. yeah, sandwich, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and similarly, if you had been septic. I think I'd be proud, I think it it's okay, it's okay. Yeah. If, okay. I, if, if it
1: has to, if the sandwich has to take me down, if the, if the falling in the shower had to take me down.
0: If. Uh, so I guess we're doing this one. I feel like most of these bullet points, over. if I do my in, internal check, am I doing this one?
1: I don't think I'm like, I don't think I live as, I do live as if I had endless years ahead of me. Like, I think one example of that is I still play sports as if I'm 20 years old. <laughs> like, I still just do physical, I'm like yeah. physically very risk taking. Yeah. And so there are, there are things that I'm, like, learning to adjust. Yeah. I, Same with some of these coals I have right now that are, like,
0: probably don't matter that much. I don't think, of of the people I know in my life, I would not say you are particularly in danger of living as if you have endless years ahead yeah. of you. If anything, I think you are pretty conscious of not having endless years ahead of you. and did You say that? I think you make decisions that are about... Hey, this, I'm in a prime period of my okay. life right now. And I really want to take advantage of these prime years that I'm in. I think you're, you're, I see you as being quite conscious of that and not everyone else mm. our age is. I think it is, especially maybe in modern America where a lot of your twenties and even thirties can be this sort of protracted adolescence kind of thing for a lot of people. You don't really live like that, is my perception. Um, Fair I, enough. That, I, I guess we all have, we're all on a spectrum. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. But yes, that that is not to say necessarily that we're all perfect at this. As you say about getting injured, playing sports or one and doing other childish things or, yeah, yep. Okay. All right. You're winning me back a little bit, Marcus, with this one. I, I I got this one. I got to agree with this one. Okay. Number 18, the tranquility that comes when you stop caring what they say. (laughs) Okay. All right. So he got over it or think or do only what you do for disease. Whoa. Whoa. Is this fair? Is this the right thing to do?
1: Oh, okay. I think he's expanding on only what you do. Yes. I, okay. I think okay. he's He's safe. not questioning
0: the text. Yes, I agree. Then. It looked like he was having a very interesting I... response to his own entry, but I think you're right. He's just yeah. elaborating on how you evaluate what you do. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And now we've got one of these things where there's some text that's been omitted with some brackets and an ellipsis. And I really. A mystery. In this case, I I can't even adventure a guess what, what the omitted text is. But what it says is ellipsis, not to be distracted by their darkness. Okay. To run straight for the finish line, unswerving. What? Not to be distracted. I guess it, the people that you don't care what they say. I say to run straight for this finish line. That's the
1: finish. He loves this whole destination style thinking, where it's like there's some finish line. He he, he, sur- he keeps repeating that concept. Yeah. Remember, hurry up! Well, my right. fa- my favorite yes. thing where he was like, hurry up, and something hurry up, but it wasn't clear what we were hurrying up to. Yes. Like, this feels very similar. What is the finish line, Marcus?
0: Yes, and, and again, I probably said this at that time too. But it's just completely at odds with me, with this philosophy that is so much about process. That is like the yeah. philosophy of process. I just get your mind right, and everything else will follow. Everything else yeah. follows, and not now. There is a finish line. Yeah. Oh no!
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the tension. It must be some version of cleaning up these barbarians. Yeah. Okay, so he made some unpopular decision.
0: Yeah. Uh, someone called him a monkey.
1: Someone called him a monkey, <laughs> yes. and now he's talking about. Oh, and I it, shouldn't care about what they think. And yeah. my job is just to bring, go to the sprints to the finish line. Yeah. Unswerving. Yeah.
0: And run straight for the finish line, but he's also talking about tranquility, which also seems like, yeah, your job is just to run straight at a finish line, but. Tranquilly. <laughs> but yeah, The benefit of that is that you will feel tranquil.
1: Yeah. Uh, it is interesting. This running for the finish line thing, I guess we take for granted that's a shared metaphor. But that's—I guess that's from—I don't know—the Olympic Games. Oh yeah, that's
0: interesting. Like, what was his concept of running? for They had yeah, races. They, had they races. must have races. had foot I mean, races, a marathon or whatever. Yeah. Invented at this period too. Run know. straight for the finish line.
1: Yeah, Marcus is aware of foot races.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's, is he deploying the first sports metaphors? <laughs> Yeah. Team, I wonder how many of those existed before. I
1: guess this might have been a translation thing. Probably, yeah. yeah. Or um,
0: They're subject of that for sure. Uh,
1: okay.
0: Yeah. Okay, number 19. People who are excited by posthumous fame forget that the people who remember them will soon die too. Nice. And those after them in turn, until their memory pass from one to another like a candle flame, gutters, and goes out but suppose that those who remembered you were immortal and your memory undying here we go what good would it do you and i don't just mean when you're dead but in your own life what use is praise except to make your lifestyle a little more comfortable okay and then there's <laughs> it's like a little text. sword emoji there's a some text that's yes to, uh, demarked by two little swords, which are sometimes used when there's like a footnote on a page that you need to go read, except that it, this isn't a footnote. It's just a sentence that's enclosed in two little swords. And it says you are out of step neglecting the gifts of nature to hand on someone's words in the future. Okay. Yep. So we it seems like he is chastising himself for having worried about his legacy right. or his yes. People who are excited by posthumous fame. I feel like that's only you, buddy. <laughs> it's, it also posthumous fame sounds, I guess maybe this is translation as well, but you're already famous. It's not that you're yeah. excited by posthumous fame, you're inevitably going to be posthumously famous. You're the freaking emperor of Rome.
1: I got to say, I, I have a really hard time understanding what he means. Yeah. I, 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 or, or really, what I'm trying to say is I have zero interest in posthumous fame. Yes. Zero. Yeah, I do not care. Yes, agreed. So that's interesting. We don't yeah. understand it. But maybe a lot of the things he's talking about are, are just things that because he believe he cares yeah. so much about his fame. There's probably a lot of other stuff we also don't understand. Yeah, uh, it's so it was drilled into him. Someone told him that this is important, right? I don't think regular. I think only yeah. people in power think this way, or in, who thinks this way? Do regular? Can you have just like a regular person? I'm a farmer, and then I but I really care about my posthumous fame. fame.
0: Do you, that doesn't seem to me like it happened very, or doesn't happen often that I'm aware of. I think it's
1: I, artificial. I think someone tells you that this you're an emperor and it's important that people remember you well or something like
0: that. Yeah. I, two things come to mind for me with this. One is, yes, I think if you're an emperor specifically, and maybe even more so in this era where I bet he knew the stories of the previous emperor yeah. really well right. and had been taught them since he was a little kid. And right, so right, right. he just exists in this tradition. That's right. That's right. Posthumous fame. And yep. so from being little, he's probably thinking about, okay, how will I fit yep. into this story yep. that we, our nation tells itself. That's a good point. Yeah. The other thing that comes to mind in modern life, the only people who I can think of who worry about posthumous fame tend to be people who, who were like really successful. And then they like, are like, oh no, yeah. I'm now I have a midlife crisis. Like Elon Musk comes to mind for me as an example of someone who probably, or Mark Zuckerberg, maybe as people who who straight up are thinking about what are people going to think about me after I'm dead. Right. They're like the only kinds of people who that really comes to mind for me in the modern world.
1: Yeah, in the modern world, yeah. There's this interesting part of Caesar's upbringing is that he lived in this house where there was a room that was like the ancestor room. And all of his ancestors had busts or something sure. or like paintings. Of, uh, and then there were like stories about all of them. Right. And the point is that they all had really interesting backgrounds right or like they were had accomplished a lot yeah and obviously and then caesar went to so cried at alexander's grave and and there was a whole thing where there was a sense of so what's going to be you on your bus and because this was something that he experienced so early in life it must have been very just impactful like every day he must have woken up and thought what is shit how am i building towards my legacy yeah totally. which which is just an upbringing thing it's yeah. just that romans did this and or at least high-ranking romans did this and we seem to not do this
0: yeah like Marcus is rejecting it as part I think that's part of what's going on in this text is he's saying, it's this thing we do is bad. Like you end up making bad decisions because you're making decisions about your legacy as opposed to seeing it more clearly.
1: You're probably just trading off like day-to-day happiness for, I don't know, some, some, some outcome. You're probably more likely to be more driven or something.
0: Yeah. There is something funny too about the thing we were talking about earlier with the history of emperors and kings and how frequently the reason they died was they fell off a horse or whatever. Yeah. And, and at the same time, Marcus is so worried about the story that will be told of him later, yeah. even though for a lot of those guys, the story was a story of th- something basically uncontrollable happening to him. And then yeah. now he's gone. Uh,
1: yeah, that, and I, and I think he had that section about, like, oh, all these important people died in silly ways. Yeah. Um, yes. So I think that's fair. I think the other thing that's to Marcus's point is that a lot of this, the the posthumous fame or these figures is just politics. It's just the next emperor needed to justify his claim on the throne, and to do that, he needed to shit on the the previous emperor. And so whoever held the pen and and held the scepter could define the story, and it it is out of your control. It's really not actually uh, all that. Like, um, the reason Caesar is so... Revered is because Augustus uh, or Augustine or whatever his name was wrote re- needed to justify his own lineage, basically, right. and so made Caesar right. into this great great guy. Great. Even though he could have very easily been like the most evil emperor ever. I say yeah. that. Um, um,
0: yeah, that's interesting. And especially this. What use is praise? He's yeah. I, I I agree with your reading. I think he's saying yeah. Even the sort of even if you did get to have your, the people remember you forever, the story, it wouldn't serve you that well. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. All right. Let's do two more. Yeah. That's right. Okay. Number 20, beautiful things of any kind are beautiful in themselves and sufficient to themselves. Praise is extraneous. The object of praise remains what it was no better and no worse. This applies, I think, even to "quote unquote" beautiful things in ordinary life—physical objects, artworks. Does anything genuinely beautiful need supplementing? No more than justice does, or truth, or kindness, or humility. Are any of those improved by being praised, or damaged by contempt? Is an emerald suddenly less or suddenly flawed if no one admires it, or gold, or ivory, or purple? Liars, knives, knives flowers, f- pushes. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. He has me too. Okay. I feel like the point is he's making is, is one thing, but let's just focus on. The last two sets. Gold, ivory, purple, emerald, gold, ivory, purple. Liars, liars, liars knives, fingers. flowers, <laughs> and all the All, the beautiful, all the beautiful things that we that take Marcus for granted in our r- regular lives.
1: Yeah, no. Well, not even take for granted gold, yes, you're right. Like not, these not are the, the most yes. beautiful things. Yes, bushes, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> <Flowers>. What does <laughs> it mean?
0: Yeah,
1: uh. I, I'm. I'm saddened that he didn't do flecks of
0: spit fun. on the boar's jaw. Yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah.
1: yes. <laughs> the the way bread, that,
0: the head uh, of a lion,
1: the head of a lion, the yes. way bread splits Prats. on the oven. So yeah. have... What's a liar?
0: I, th- I might be pronouncing that wrong. I might be pronouncing Lear. It's like a little, Oh, it's
1: a harp thing or like, yeah, a, like a harp guitar uh-huh. kind of
0: thing. Knives. Just,
1: <laughs> yes. I guess they're ornamental knives is what he means. Unless he loves.
0: Yeah. Or just, I think maybe, a, a, yeah, probably they're, yeah, ornamental or whatever, but also maybe just a beautiful, a knife can just be beautiful in its yeah. functionality.
1: It's funny because some of these examples, I guess you can argue that an emerald is pretty, but like purple. Has literally no, like the, the, the purple, meaning the fact like the color of the emperor has literally no meaning unless it is praised. Like there's no value in purple unless it's praised. It's like all that is just a, a social symbol. Yeah. I guess I disagree.
0: But he, I guess I'm more a generous reading to him. I interpret as just the colorful richness of the world is a beautiful thing to behold. And yes, oh. like purple, you're right. Purple has specific meaning because it's like the color of the emperor, but he could to my mind, he could substitute any color here and he's just saying colors are beautiful and we don't He's
1: just saying purple's a pretty color. That's why yeah. I'm it. It has Full nothing to do with it, the fact that I'm the immigrant.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's just, what a pretty color. That's how I interpret it. <laughs> okay, yeah. 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 Um, it, it, it does hit the modern ear odd gold or ivory or purple. fifth uh, oh. purple feels much more, both abstract and, and quotidian, oh. uh, He's, yeah yeah it's interesting for him to start philosophizing like about beauty like this it's not really he he seems to do this occasionally i guess uh-huh. he touched on it before with the flex of spit on the board's jaw or whatever uh-huh. but just once in a while he's captivated by beauty i guess in this case it, it does at least feel connected to what he was talking about before because he's talking about how superfluous praise is that <laughs> that all praise is bullshit basically yeah and and it doesn't change the goodness of the underlying. He should have added me Pig. to the list. <laughs> <laughs> Flowers, bushes, <Yes>. me,
1: <laughs> And embers? <a> <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. He's too happy to. That said this, I don't know how frequently this thought has been expressed, but it's this is like a Shakespeare-y kind of, I get a sort of a mm-hmm. rose by any other name would smell as sweet kind of vibe mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. this. And also, yeah, the sort of, does anything genuinely beautiful need supplementing? No, like he's defining beauty as like needing no more than it already is poetic. And I think maybe ahead of its time, I think there are lots of iterations on that.
1: Yeah, I think he could have gone deeper. I don't think ivory in itself is beautiful. I think if he had said snowflakes and drops of dew in the morning, those are things that are beautiful and aren't like, or, or, I mean, you could argue they're beautiful independent. It's not like they're being praised all the time. Sunrises, But like gold and ivory is just, these are materials that society determined are beautiful. Just literally because of praise. Right. And purple.
0: Yeah. So. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's interesting. The examples are confusing. Flowers is more. Flowers
1: is, it falls into the bucket. of Yeah. yeah they're yeah. pretty.
0: Which is, was very funny.
1: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so maybe not super cognitive unless, I don't know if anyone... Just go up to gold and be like, oh my God, this is beautiful. If we were to explain to that, this is really important.
0: It's sparkly, gleams.
1: Yeah. Okay, maybe gold, but ivory. Ivory is a white rock.
0: Yeah. It, it looks really,
1: it's not even that white. <laughs> it's yellowish. It's, there's so many prettier things Stain. than ivory. Yeah. It's just the fact that it came from an elephant and it indicates that you are like a master of the universe is right. why people like it. Right?
0: Yeah. Pearls or something would be. Yeah. Whiter and shinier. Yeah. He might've had pretty limited examples of stunning beautiful stuff to draw. Yeah. Or, or I guess we're learning about what was considered beautiful or at least what's inherently beautiful to him. But yes, it is interesting how few of these hit our ears as, oh yes, the inherently beautiful things of the world. Okay. Okay. Number 21, if our souls survive. How does the air find room for them, all of them, since the beginning of times? Whoa. How does the earth find room for all the bodies buried in it since the beginning of time? They linger for whatever length of time, and then through change and decomposition, make room for others, too with the souls that inhabit the air. They linger a little and then are changed, diffused and kindled into fire, absorbed into the logos from which all things spring. And so make, new, make room for new arrivals. One possible answer. But we shouldn't think of only the mass of buried bodies. There are the ones consumed on a daily basis by us and by other animals. How many are swallowed up like that, entombed in the bodies of those that nourished by them, of those nourished by them. And yet there is room for them all, converted into flesh and blood, transformed to air and fire. How is the truth of this determined? Through analysis, material and cause. Whoa. Again, the last two sentences are very weird to me. I really like the first thought he's in yeah. here, which is very like metaphysical.
1: How's there a ring for all of us?
0: Yeah. And like it's the one of them is like a child's thought, basically. Oh, we bury dead bodies. And how is there enough room on earth for all the bodies that have been buried? Because
1: I feel like the answer is there's just. The earth is much bigger.
0: Yeah. So answer Number one is actually human history is shorter than you think it is. There's, we still have plenty of room on earth. Yeah. Um, and that, but that he knows that also bodies change and decompose that over time, more space is created because the bodies don't just stay there forever. And then he does this nice leap that I think to me is an original thought about, is that how it works with spirits too? The the question he starts with is a very strange one. How does the air find room for our souls? Not something we really think of as being a problem for souls mm-hmm. because we don't think of them as taking up any space. But it it is like a, an eternal question of yes. Yeah. If everybody went, became a ghost, the world would be teeming with ghosts.
1: I have found it interesting. There was some, something else too where he alluded to all of the human history before him. Mm-hmm. I, I find that really interesting because yeah. I think the Romans were very much aware of the Egyptians and the Babylon, like all yeah. these other peoples, Greeks, yeah. the Greeks. Right? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I guess he, in the same way, he, like relative to us, like we think about having a bunch of human history, so, does, so did he. Yeah. Like he must have had the same exact perspective totally. on things. There's no sense of being closer to the beginning yeah. if you're Marcus than if you're us. Yep, yep, agreed. So I think that's interesting. I think the other thing that's happening is like, there's this isn't true, but there's that like fake fact that in the last hundred years there it's more than half yeah, of the people that people have ever have lived. Ever that's just not true. It's like twenty percent like or something. Yeah, yeah that's right. But I think for some reason I think we we have this sense of like such explosive population growth in the last hundred years that it yeah. almost feels like this is day one. Whereas maybe Marcus didn't feel that way. Maybe he uh, felt well, like he's just another emperor in a long line yeah. of emperors and yeah. a long line of. I'm, Tires before him yeah and you know who cares or not even who there cares was, there like,
0: was more continuity with history yeah
1: and like they were all battling each other and all those dead bodies had to be buried somewhere
0: right and so walking around the world is walking around this graveyard and this it's more you're, historical you're yeah you're walking through souls all the time because yeah. it's, it's, it's since as long as can be remembered these yeah. places have been full of the same people who have been living and dying there yeah Yep. I agree. I think it's strange to think, but history might have felt longer to him than it does mm-hmm. to us actually, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. as backwards as that seems, you yeah. um, know, yes, I agree with you there. And then he does, so he does this interesting thing where I'm, I'm charred by this idea that, oh yes, our souls might decompose and change too, in the same way that our physical bodies might, they might turn into fire or whatever else that's pretty and poetic maybe. Mm-hmm. And then he says, Okay, that's one pause. and Then he backtracks and says, That's one explanation for how there can be all these spirits in the air. And then he starts thinking about.
1: They're just decomposing.
0: And he seems to be talking about bodies getting lived, literally goes back to our physical bodies, and then he talks about them getting eaten. Baby. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> and and not just to us. Turn this to yeah. And not just us, but also like animals. I think he's talking yeah. about their bodies. How many are swallowed up like that, entombed in the bodies of those nourished by them. Mm-hmm. So he's saying, okay, I guess just like asterisk, I, there's also this other thing that happens to our bodies.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I guess it's supposed to add to the vastness, the feeling of vastness. Yeah. Yes.
0: Think about all those buried bo- bodies I'm describing. They don't even all get buried. There's even more of them because yeah. a huge percentage of them are, are <laughs> in people's eaten stomach. by yeah. beasts. Yeah, yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. Okay, and then I am truly mystified by the last two sentences of this. Yeah. How is the truth of this determined through analysis, material, and cause? What? I, I understand why he's asking the question. How is the truth of this determined? Through analysis, colon, material, and cause. I guess what he's saying is... Do the most. Yeah, some combination of this is not a truth that's been handed down to us by the gods. This is something we can mm. arrive at by our own logical faculties. Sure. Very interesting that he, I guess the reason he, it's interesting that he feels the need to answer question at all. Why is he even asking how is the truth of this determined? But maybe it's because he's in such a metaphysical space here. These are typically the types of questions the gods would be responsible for or whatever. And he's saying, no, no, this, that's not why we know this one. We can figure out ourselves through reason. Yeah interesting he's got a lot going on this guy. It's right a lot he's, going he's, a lot. he's worrying about big metaphysical questions he's worried about people calling him names yeah he's telling himself that everything you do is or everything that happens is for the best i guess this is a more feels like a more scatterbrained marcus definitely scatterbrained, and yeah. more yeah i guess just a little all over the place in book four here
1: I'm going to keep noodling on that part. I guess if we just give him credit and we just, because like my initial reaction was, there's plenty of space. It's fine. Yeah. Don't worry, Marcus. Okay. If, but if we give him credit and and like he, you know, there isn't the sense of this, we have the shared belief that human history started 50,000 years ago. If he didn't have that. Yeah. Then, and he's like literally worried. He's like, where are they? What if we don't have many more space for these spirits? Right. Uh, yeah, that's like an interesting. It's, a, myst- it's a mystery to him. Yeah. yeah,
0: how does the Earth find room for right. all the bodies buried in it since the beginning of time? I maybe. guess he doesn't know about decomposition. Well, he, well, he does though.
1: But he, he doesn't. But maybe question.
0: bones. He doesn't know that even bones can be de- can decompose. They linger for whatever length of time, and then through change and decomposition, make room for others. Okay, fine. He knows he does, but maybe make room for others just means he thinks they like shrink and yes, they turn into bones. But doesn't he's not necessarily yeah. saying they disappear completely. They just make room for the others.
1: I I'm enjoying this mental image of him being really freaked out at this. Yes,
0: I feel like, <laughs> it does it. Oh, there's we're gonna run out of space, and then I'm gonna die. Yeah, Where are they gonna <laughs> put? And then my I'll have bones? to wait in line. <laughs> yeah, my my bone's gonna just sit on top of the <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's a good. I think that's a good point. I think I skipped over those some of those phrases as we read through it. But yes, all the bodies buried in it since the beginning of time. That's one way, in a lot of ways, they understood a lot of stuff that we do about the world, and it's impressive. But he thinks that humans have existed since the beginning of time, which is not all the modern understanding.
1: Yeah, whatever that means to him.
0: Yeah. Yes, that is funny to think about this. This is a true mystery to him of there have been humans forever. Yeah. And yet the Earth, he knows, is only so big adds wait. Yes. Yeah, exactly. How could that be? <laughs> and yet he ooh. I wonder
1: what I wonder if he had like Romans had a conception of when human like when things started. I feel like it's a very big leap to just say humans have always like there have always been humans. There must have had some origin story of well, and they the were land cre- was, they,
0: they were created by the gods, right? Yeah,
1: and and yeah there was some exactly yeah. some beginning. Yeah. And that beginning must not have been like that long ago.
0: But the gods are like Infinitely old, right? Maybe Are they
1: created Rome.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's a good question. I don't, it maybe it may a legitimately source of uncertainty for them. Yeah. How old is all this stuff? Yeah. It's, I, I truly don't know what the thinking is. It feels like it's implied by what he's saying here that qubits have been around since the beginning of time, which yeah. is, and maybe he just means that the beginning of time is when the gods made the humans. Yeah.
1: Um, But then if he thought that the beginning of time was, like, 50 generations ago, then it's not infinite. Then there's plenty of space on Earth.
0: Yeah. My sense is that's not it. That they don't think they can trace their ancestry back all the way to the ones that the gods made. That's, like,
1: pretty... uh, That's pretty cool. I feel like a lot of cultures said, okay, then there was flat, and then there was water, and then there were humans, and we were the first... Some version of... And then there were this truck.
0: Yeah. That's interesting. I w well, yeah. I wonder if he does think he can be traced back all the, all the way to the first humans ever created yeah. in a, uh, they lived here and yeah, you wonder how complete their, they thought their own recollection of history was this makes it seem like it's hard to say.
1: Hard to say it feels. He's it's kind of a Satan to be where Yeah, about.
0: he's implied that he thinks it's been a long time since the beginning of time, and yeah. there have been lots of people in the intervening time. And it's hard to imagine that he thinks he he knows this the whole story. Yeah, that's
1: true. Yeah. Uh, Very yeah. interesting.
0: Yeah, yeah. 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 Sometimes nice for Marcus to give us a little dose of this was what it was like to be alive in Rome and understand the world, but also not. Okay.
1: Bye. See you next Next time. time. Bye-bye.